Hello listeners, this is Malati Jayakumar from Kovaiwani. To continue with the second part of liberation that reveals what happens to Chamundi who suffers physical abuse at home. Her husband has gone away for a week and she is delighted at this break from torture. For the first time in years, she looked forward to Saturday. She woke up early and washed her long black hair and plaited it, letting it hang snake-like down her back. She wore the brightest sari she had and all the glass bangles she could find, so that they tinkled and jangled merrily with each movement of her hand. The children needed no coaxing. They were up and raring to go, excitedly plying her with questions. The ride on the bus looking out of the window munching warm roasted peanuts, playing little games with the children and answering the endless questions would be clear in her mind forever. She would remember the smells, the sights, the color of the clothes they wore, the sunlight and every little detail of the trip very vividly for as long as she was alive. The hours flew by in a blur of giant wheels shrieks of delight, pink candy floors, row upon row of little shops, gaudy printed shirts and shiny synthetic saris, ribbons fluttering like multicolored butterflies, bangles and earrings winking seductively in the sunlight and an overpowering smell of food, chutneys, fried budgies, sweets and flowers. She gorged herself on the budgies, licking the tangy chutney off her fingers. They made their way to the temple after the fair. It was nearly six by the time they reached the Mariamman temple on the outskirts of the town. It was all already crowded and she had to push her way to the front, dragging her children with her. She managed to get a little space on a step near a pillar. She could see the deity of a luptuous figure in gleaming black stone, 
clad in a chilly red sari with a green and gold border that shimmered in the light of the oil lamps the sculpture was bedecked with jewels the earrings and the nose ring dazzling brilliantly in the dark room the fragrance of oil camphor burning wicks fruits and flowers mingled with the odor of sweat cheap perfumes and lotions suffused the air making her slightly nauseous some space had been cleared in the middle of the crowd and stout ropes cordoned off the area people pushed and jostled straining against the ropes a group of men and women began singing mariamman songs to the accompaniment of a couple of drums and bells chamundi turned to the middle-aged woman standing next to her what's happening she asked have you never been here before came the reply why today is the final day of the three day festival and there are two women here who will go into a trance mariamman comes over them and speaks to us through them chamundi had heard of women going into a trance and had always wondered how much of it was real and how much was faked but the moment she thought the thought entered her head she would chide herself for doubting people's devotion a devotion to the goddess today she was excited that she would be able to see it all and judge for herself it grew more hot and humid the beatings of the drums and the bells grew louder the mariamman songs acquired a renewed urgency and passion many of the spectators and devotees began to clap their hands and sing along two women with garlands round their necks moved forward one was a stout dark woman with salt and pepper hair well oiled and pulled back in a tight coil at the nape of her neck she was probably in her mid 50s the other was a much younger woman with shapely breasts and slim hips her figure accentuated by the sari tucked in at her waist they had been singing along with the crowd and gradually stepped forward into the clearing in the middle they danced swaying gently to the music their eyes half closed they moved around languidly both of them immersed in their individual and completely different worlds impervious to all the noise and crowd they remind a chamundi of rag dolls with hands and heads flopping around the crowd was hypnotized their eyes never leaving the two figures moving back and forth without a pause all of a sudden the crowd let out a collective gasp as a older woman came to halt straight and stiff as if she had been pulled up like a puppet on a string the younger woman continued to gyrate completely oblivious of her partner gradually her movements became faster and faster the stout woman slid down on her knees and sank slowly to the floor to sit on her heels her head rolling round and round till chamundi feared she would break her neck the children clung to her their eyes round with excitement tinged with fear by now the younger woman had become rigid drawing herself up to her full height her loose plait had become undone and her hair was all over her shoulders and face the sari had slipped 
exposing the curve of her breasts under the tight blouse. Her eyes were wide open and she mumbled something in a low, guttural tone. The crowd went into a frenzy, chanting and clapping faster and faster. A man in an orange dhoti lit some camphor and walked around the women. Shouts of Amma, Mariamma rent the air as men and women in the crowd got caught up in the excitement. Some cautiously inch forward, each one shouting a question. At first tentatively, then with more confidence and then with more authoritatively. People pushed and jostled with growing vigour till the air was full of voices. The younger woman was now crouching on the ground, twisting and turning at the waist, at times swaying in a full circle. Her hair streamed out all around her, even covering her face. Mariamma, will my daughter get married this year? Amma, cure my son. Mariamma, give me a grandson. Bless me, Amma, bless me. Bring my husband back to me. All blended together in one great roar. The two women were now totally possessed. They swayed back and forth, slapped the ground with their hands and made weird moaning noises that the crowd interpreted as answers to their questions. More camphor was lit. The rock-like lumps of sweet-smelling incense on red-hot clusters of coal filled the air with fragrant smoke. Bells began to ring. The two women were still in a trance, but their movements gradually became slower. The younger woman was drenched in sweat, her clothes clinging to her youthful body, her clear dark skin glistening in the light of the lamps. The older woman fell in a swoon, and minutes later the younger one also fell in a faint. People left some fruits and flowers by their side as offerings. Some bowed and touched their feet. Some threw coins or notes. Long after she had reached home and put the weary children to bed, Chamundi was haunted by the sight of the women and continued to think about it the whole week. While the children reveled in the absence of their father, Chamundi was more subdued and silent. Her mind was full of questions. What was the spirit or power that possessed these women? Did it come from outside or did they have it within them, dormant till roused on a certain day? Whatever it was, she could see that no person could resist being awed by the performance. She had noticed that even the most menacing of men in the crowd had gaped in wonder and touched the feet of the woman after they swooned. They could be brutes but they were afraid of the unknown, wary of something they could not understand or explain. Her husband returned late on Friday evening, looking tired. He had brought home some clothes for the children and a box of sweets. He was quite pleasant and did not seem very curious about what they had done while he was away. Perhaps he is conserving his energy for tomorrow, thought Chamundi Riley. The next day she was ready for him. She cooked his favourite fish curry and rice practiced her moves in her mind. By the time he staggered home, the children were in bed. Her daughter was fast asleep, but she knew her son would be awake. She anticipated her husband's every need 
and tried her very best not to give him a da- chance to pick a fight. She served dinner, sitting beside him, fanning him with the hand, hand fan and watched him eat with relish. It was while he was having a second helping that she let the fan drop from her limp hand. At the same time, her eyes became half closed and she began swaying gently. What's wrong with you, woman? He shouted, but made no move to come closer. She began to move from the waist in a circular motion, rolling her head at the same time. She could feel her hair swing around. She slowly stood up, hands rigid and stiff by her side. Stop this right now or I shall thrash you, he shouted. Charmadi's heart sank. If he did not believe her, it could become much worse. She began to mumble indistinctly as she swayed from side to side. She tried to recall every movement of the two women at the temple. Very gradually she changed her voice and began to speak in a low male voice. Very slowly dragging out every word, she repeated over and over again. I have come to bless you. At first her voice was so low he could hardly hear or understand her. Through her half-closed eyes she could see him looking a bit confused. He did not want to displease his lord and yet he could not bring himself to believe his eyes. There was a touch of fear mixed with suspicion in his glance. This was the crucial moment. She pulled herself up to her full five feet three opened her eyes as wide as she could, flared her nostrils and compressed her lips. She knew the effect could be quite startling because she had practiced it in front of the mirror. I have come to bless you. Bring me the camphor Arti, she continued in a guttural tone. Her glance was now fixed six inches above his head and as she spoke, she started rolling her eyes. She lurched closer to him and saw him draw back startled. She saw her son creep out of bed and stand clutching the door. His eyes were round with surprise as he gazed at his mother who seemed to have been transformed into another person altogether. I am pleased. I will bless you. Her movements became more rapid and she was now lost in a world of her own. She found that as she psyched herself to go into a trance, she had convinced herself that she was truly in a trance. This is what people felt like when they acted, she thought. If you put yourself in a role, body and soul, gradually the role took over the person. She began to enjoy herself. She loved the swaying of her head and the feel of her hair on her face. Her body seemed to have a will of its own and she marveled at her own movements that were almost inspired. She felt powerful because for the first time she had instilled fear in him. It was a heady feeling. He stood transfixed, his right hand as yet unwashed and held away from his body, still had traces of rice and fish curry. He could not move or speak. Bring me the arati. I'll bless you. Her voice now became more insistent. Bring the arati. Bring the arati. She kept mumbling. Suddenly galvanized into action, he ran and washed his hands, then went into the next room and came back with the camphor on the brass holder. He quickly struck a match and set the camphor alight. 
Govinda, Govinda, he chanted, waving the camphor up and down in front of her. The light from the flame cast an eerie glow on her features. She almost sneezed when the smoke came right straight into her face, but she managed to stifle it. She continued to sway and kept repeating, Bless you, bless you, till she slowly sank to the floor in a stupor. He put the arati down and stood looking down at her. It was a good 15 minutes before she opened her eyes and moved her limbs heavily as if she was coming out of a deep sleep. He came to her side and bent low, peering into her face. What happened? Did I faint? I feel so tired. My head aches, she mumbled. Don't you remember anything? he asked. No, I just feel sore all over, she said. Don't worry, you just rest for now. Balaji's blessing is with us. He spoke to me through you. Just sleep and regain your strength. He might come again. Her son took her hand and led her to the bed. Settling herself between the two children, she turned to wink at her son and saw him bury a smile in his pillow. He did not stop drinking, but the weekly beatings did. Once in a while, just to remind him, she would go into a trance. He never touched her again. He probably went to other women, but she did not bother. She was happy enough to be left alone. Uneducated, illiterate and economically dependent, Chamundi had liberated herself in her own way. So, how did you like the ending? Did you expect it? Would you have preferred a different ending? Hope you all enjoyed listening to it anyway. Do give your views on the story and on our other podcasts on the following email ID. It is kovaiwani at kovaicare.in That is kovaiwani, one word, C-O-V-A-I-V-A-N-I at kovaicare, one word, C-O-V-A-I-C-A-R-E dot in. We'd be very happy to see your reactions. Our next story is called Just Average. Bye till then. Bye. மற்றும் மீடியா ஃபார் கம்யூனிட்டி ஃபவுண்டேஷன் இவர்களின் கூட்டு முயற்சியாக உங்களிடம் கொண்டு வரப்பட்டது திட்ட ஒருங்கிணைப்பாளர்கள் டாக்டர் ஆர் ஸ்ரீதர் மற்றும் ஆலோக் வர்மா அவர்கள் வானொலி ஒருங்கிணைப்பாளர்கள் பூஜா முராடா கௌசல்யா மற்றும் சாய் சுதா அவர்கள் தயாரிப்பாளர்கள் கோவை வாணி கோவை கேர் ரிட்டையர்மெண்ட் கம்யூனிட்டிஸ் நீங்கள் ஒரு மூத்த குடிமகனாக இருந்து உதவி தேவைப்பட்டால் எங்கள் எல்டர்லைன் ஹெல்ப் லைனை தொலைபேசி எண் ஒன்று நான்கு ஐந்து ஆறு ஏழு இல் தொடர்பு கொள்ளவும் காலை எட்டு மணி முதல் இரவு எட்டு மணி வரை ஒரு சிறந்த வாழ்க்கையை வாழ உங்களுக்கு உதவி செய்ய நாங்கள் உறுதி அளிக்கிறோம் மறுபடியும் கேளுங்கள் தொலைபேசி எண் ஒன்று நான்கு ஐந்து ஆறு ஏழு காலை எட்டு மணி முதல் இரவு எட்டு மணி வரை
fight COVID with two vaccinations. Wear a mask when you go out. Keep safe distance. Observe proper hygiene. We must win. We will win. Thank you.